0: Hi, welcome to the second installment of the Alternative Health Clinical Reviews. My name is Sandile Kumbi, your host, and tonight's topic is about diabetes. We are looking at a study that was published last year by Zulkalfi and colleagues titled The Anti-Diabetic Potential of Gam Species, an Overview Study. Before I start, I would like to share a disclaimer with you. The information on this podcast channel is not intended or implied to substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All the content information contained on or available through this podcast is for general information purposes only. This podcast makes no representation or assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of the information on or available through this podcast, and such information is subject to change without notice. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from or through this podcast with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. I think that it is important for us to understand what is diabetes type two. Diabetes type two is a chronic condition that affects the way the body processes blood sugar, also known as glucose. It is non-insulin dependent with diabetes type 2, the body either doesn't produce enough insulin or it resists insulin. What is the norm? The pancreatic cells, specifically the beta cells, is the one that produces insulin and it is the same place where glucose is oxidized and ATP is formed. ATP is a form of energy that the body uses. We also find that the insulin travels to the liver the muscles and adipose tissue where it binds an insulin receptor in order to exert its effect It is important for us to understand that the insulin has receptors in the liver and the muscle and the adipose tissue and I'm repeating this because you will see how this links with the symptoms that the patient with diabetes type 2 usually present with What are the actions of insulin number one we find that, Insulin decreases blood glucose levels by decreasing hepatic gluconeogenesis, which is the formation of glucose in the liver. Number two, it induces glycogen synthesis. Number three, it increases glucose uptake into the cells. Number four, inhibits lipolysis. Number five, stimulates amino acid uptake into cells. And number six, which is the last point, is it decreases serum potassium levels by increasing potassium uptake into the cells. What are the symptoms that a patient would clinically present with is increased thirst, frequent urination, hunger, fatigue, weight loss, which is true to muscle wasting because of gluconeogenesis and due to lipolysis, fluid depletion, and electrolyte loss. Other patients will have giddiness, muscle pains, muscle cramps, and aches. And also this is due to fluid depletion. And on extreme cases, patients will suffer from eye problems such as blaring of vision. So what are the tests that you can do as a clinician or as an individual listening to this podcast is that you can do a urine dipstick test where you can check if there's any glucose in your urine. Number two is that you can do a glucose test where you where you buy a glucometer and the glucose strips, and then you can test your glucose levels. So you have to understand that if it is above 6 or 7, then you might suspect that you have diabetes. But then you will need to actually do lab to confirm that you have diabetes type 2. And one of the most effective ways that we can diagnose a patient with diabetes type 2 is to send them for hemoglobin 1ac, which is also known as the HP1ac. What does it do? It measures the amount of hemoglobin that is binding to hemoglobin. If it is equal to six or above six, then a patient can be diagnosed with diabetes type two. Another important one is the fasting plasma glucose, which is usually done in the morning and the patient at that time, they have not eaten anything. So if the patient levels of glucose is above 126 mg per deciliter or more, then a the patient can be diagnosed with diabetes type 2. What are some of the acute complications that you can find in a patient with diabetes mellitus type 2? One is hypoglycemia, two diabetic ketoacidosis, three, non-ketotic hyposmolar diabetic coma. It's a long one. <laughs> four, we find that a lot of patients will suffer from lactic acidosis, and five, an acute circulatory failure. What are some of the long-term complications of diabetes type 2? It's diabetic retinopathy, diabetic neuropathy, diabetic nephropathy, and lastly, the diabetic foot. What is the first or primary primary treatment for diabetes type 2? Usually, patients are given metformin, which belongs to a class of drugs known as the Although the exact mechanism of metformin is not known, but it is believed to reduce serum glucose levels by inhibiting hepatic gluconeogenesis and decreasing the absorption of glucose from the GI tract and increasing peripheral utilization of glucose by adipose tissue and skeletal muscle. As a result, alleviating The symptoms that the patient is suffering from. Although that might be the case, there is high chances that metformin does not fix the root cause of the problem for the patient. Therefore, that's where we see complementary alternative medicine playing a big role in the management of diabetes type 2. So one of the species of plants that was studied by Zulkalfi and colleagues, it was sisigam. Sisigam is a flowering plant belonging to a maritatia family and is named after the Greek word coupled, alluding to the paired leaves and branches of the plant. The conclusion of the study showed that sisigam carries a lot of potential when it comes to the treatment of diabetes type 2 because of its anti-diabetic mechanisms. And one was that it inhibits the enzyme involved in carbohydrate metabolism. These included alpha glucosidase, maltase, and alpha amylase. So, the purpose of glucosidase is that it breaks down glycosidic bonds of polysaccharides, while maltase will cleave on maltose. And hence, they both play a critical role in carbohydrate digestion. On the other side, alpha-amylase also cleaves on glycosylic bonds, but mainly off starch and at random sites. And subsequently, it forms oligosaccharides and disaccharides. The excessive levels of amylase enzyme usually leads to hypoglycemia. In addition to oral hypoglycemic agents, uh, in this case, that would have to be any primary care or any drugs that is given to a patient, type 2 diabetic patient might require insulin therapy and the reason behind that is because it might get to a point whereby patients are not secreting enough insulin, hence medicinal plants will stimulate or medicinal plants such as syzygium are able to stimulate the secretion of insulin in the beta cells. According to and colleagues in 2011 and Sanchez in 2016, they found that Cyzygium cumin extract were able to stimulate the insulin secretion of pancreatic beta cells, which is fairly amazing. Sahana and colleagues in 2010 and Sharma and colleagues in 2012 also reported that the same extract were able to reduce the insulin resistance in the cells. And lastly, other species of Cyzygium are able to activate insulin signaling pathways which is usually what you want to happen in a patient that is suffering from diabetes. In this episode, we can see that there is major potential for use of CZGAP. And we have had impressive results when it comes to the management of diabetes type 2. And in some cases, we have seen patients that have stopped taking their metformin. And this was an instruction that they got from the clinics and hospitals because of how managed they are glucose levels their blood glucose levels were which i find to be very very impressive so if you did enjoy this episode please leave a thumbs up also don't forget to like subscribe and share as well as leave us a review i look forward to making the next episode i'd like to say a shout out to all the states all the countries that are listening one being south africa two united states canada And France, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And I hope that we are going to grow together. Bye.